Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. Nine months ago, I was walking down a hallway when I stopped in at a co-worker's cubicle. I can't remember what the topic was, but I do remember her basically saying, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm pretty sure it was about the gynecologist. And I mean, the truth of all that is you're just you're never going to figure it out. Anyway, I told her this idea I had for a podcast and she said, why wouldn't you do that? She texted some friends and got tons of responses from people with no one told me moments. Throughout the week, she consistently reminded me of the idea and continually encouraged me to take some steps. Apparently, we're all in seasons or have been through seasons we wish we knew or had known about. A lot of us have this sense of uncertainty. For some, it's buried down deep and easily covered up with a big smile and a fast pace. And for others, uncertainty is just a low hum underlining much of their days. Stalling decisions, pausing thoughts, and over time, sidelining our joy. But our goal here is simple. Let's find unity in uncertainty, knowing it's okay to not know, knowing there are so many others who have been where you are or they're sitting right in the middle of the same season you are right now. So seven months ago, with the help of a whole lot of people, No One Told Me podcast came along. And the best thing I've heard from all of you is, gosh, you too? It means what we're doing is working. But with time, I've also learned something about myself. I have to know when I need a break and be okay taking it, even though I am so nervous that everything we've worked so hard to build up will just be forgotten. But I know spending some time to build and dream will make room for me to get a clear picture of what's next. So with all that being said, you're about to hear this season's last episode, and then we'll break for summer. But no worries. No one told me we'll be back in August with fresh new content. So today, we're taking it back to the very basics with one person who has helped shape me, my beloved Miss Jackie, who talks about how three years of intentional gratitude has changed her life. And there's one person on here with us today who is reminding me of the incredible seasons of growth you experience in your 20s. It's my friend Sam, and she shares about finding your people when you've never had to seek out community before. And I share a little bit about a topic that I can honestly tell you no one ever told me was a thing. No one ever told me was okay. And that's postpartum anxiety. Here's No One Told Me The Basics. So for our final episode of the season of No One Told Me, I wanted to jump back into the vision behind the podcast. So I just asked one question. So usually when I prep for podcasts, I will say, here are a list list of 10 questions. It's the flow of the conversation. But let me tell you, I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I didn't want to come up with 10 questions. So I had one question and I gathered people from different seasons of life. So today I've got Sam with me. She is um, a friend of mine that um, I met 
couple years ago through working together. And she is wise beyond her years. And so she's also in a season of life that I don't remember anything about. But um, she's just graduated college last year, two years ago. Last year, yeah. Last year. A long year. Long year. What a year it has (laughs) been. (laughs) Very long. And so I know she has learned a lot in that year. And then we have one of my favorite people of all time. I've known her my entire life, Miss Jackie Norton, um, who literally we could just give her a mic and she could do this entire episode (laughs) and we would all be better and wiser for it. So they've jumped on here with me today and I've asked them just one question, one question to bring us back around. What did no one tell you? So what I want to do is I want to start with Sam, just because um, she has more life to live than the rest of us here today. <laughs> so I want to hear what she feels like in this season of her life that she wishes someone would have prepped her for or told her more about before she actually got into it. So jump in. What did no one tell you, Sam? So, yeah. So, Callie, when you asked me this question, I kind of had nothing because I feel like I'm constantly asking people. I don't know anything. Yeah, I know nothing. So everyone tell me everything. And so I was like, oh, no one told me that. No, they did. They did. Like laundry. (laughs) For sure someone told me. Definitely told me that. Um, But I think just in this past year, I've really found that no one really told me how intentional finding community and finding friends are um, outside of college. Mm. Um, And I've just really been thinking about this where – you know, you go to school at such a young age. You're what, six, five? I don't know. I think you're five. You have kids. Right? Yes. I mean, I, I have pre-K kids. Pre-K like starts know. at four. Gosh, Gosh don't get me started on pre-K, okay? <laughs> Henley can't write her name, and I feel like we're behind. But I learned the behind. alphabet in kindergarten. Now they're supposed to learn to read then. I can't and handle cursive. this. We need to talk. Cursive. No, I love cursive. I still write in it. No, but yeah. So at four or five, you're in school and then whoever you're in school with are your friends. And so now in a season of not being in school and working full time with people who are older than me, um, it's hard to make friends with people that you're just not around all the time. And just having that intentionality with friendship um, with those friends that you did make through school and when they're in different seasons than you, that's super hard. It is hard when you, and I think I've said this before, your friendships are a lot of time based on proximity. Oh yeah. And I did not know that until I graduated college. I didn't realize the people that were my best friends were just the people I was around. Like the people that were literally just near me every day were the people that I had the strongest, which makes sense. Mm Should have seen that coming. Should have saw it. But then when everybody, all of my friends moved to Nashville when we graduated college, the majority of them did. I'm fortunate enough that most of my friends I work with, which is awesome. Um, But you know, they're in different seasons than I am. And you know, as their friend, I need to let them grow in those seasons. And so that leaves me trying to find people that are still my people that I can, you know, spend time with when I'm not, you know, hanging around all my friends who are married. Um, <laughs> must be nice, guys. <laughs> must be nice. Cool, cool. No, no. I'm just going to really... go home to my dog, which is named Callie also. Yeah, so I, I named her after Callie. Of course. Who wouldn't? I know. She's the best. <laughs> just kidding. I totally did not do that. Um, but yeah, so like enjoying my friends who are in a different season than me and finding joy in that, um, but also finding people who are in the same season of life as me. Um, it makes me kind of put myself out there and make myself be a little uncomfortable and do things that I'm not really comfortable with. Cause you know, you're friends with who you're close to, yeah. but now it's like, I'm having to go out of my comfort zone to find those people. And, you know, it's awkward and 
everyone's awkward. It's like you forget how to make friends. Yes. You're like, how did I ever how, do what this? Is, what is a question what is, I need yes. to know about you, but don't interrogate you. But I'm also confused. I need to know a lot about you. So really yes. let's just start from the top. And so, yeah, that's just what I'm learning and it's hard, but, um, I'm meeting a lot of awesome people, um, who are becoming my people, which is super encouraging. And you know, in the fall, we're going to do a, a, an episode about, finding community. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a great friend who actually wrote a book about building community, but we're going to do a session with her. And, um, she, I asked people, what is the hardest part about finding community? And everyone said, I mean, a lot of people responded to this. So it's a very real struggle and topic for a lot of people, but they said, how do you find people who are in the same seasons as you? Because, Once you're all, you go, like you said, you go through school and everyone's in the same season. Like Mm -hmm. you're all students. You're all students and everyone's doing the same thing. You're all working towards graduation. You have a common struggle. Yes. (laughs) And then everyone's paces change Mm -hmm. as soon as you graduate. So Miss Jackie, for you, how, as you moved through seasons, how did you find your community? How did you find your people? Some friends are annuals Mm -hmm. and some friends are perennials and a lot of the people that Sam was talking about are annuals. They're there just for a season and then they're gone. So for me, I, I connected with people that like when, when I first got married, there were a group of us that were young married couples and we did everything together. Mm -hmm. And so we became really good friends. And some of those people are, perennial friends. I mean, we don't see each other for months and then we'll see each other. And it's just like we saw each other yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just have to, you have to be patient. Number one. And struggle. (laughs) (laughs) It is because it can get so lonely. And you're like, I just need someone who gets it where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you just have to be patient and you have to be intentional about, uh, giving to that relationship Mm -hmm. so that you know if it's going to work or not. And that's, you know, a big part that I've learned um, over time. Like I said, the majority of my friends moved to Nashville. And so we would still, I literally talked to one on the phone yesterday for 45 minutes. And that's the first time we had talked probably in five months, four or five months, something like that. And it was like, though none of that time had passed. I mean, I just called her and she had to call me back because she was leaving work. And we just talked for about 45 minutes and there were never lulls. There was never, and I was like, this you get reminded why they were one of your closest yeah. friends, yeah. but you, those are the best kind of friendships that if you don't see each other for a little while, it doesn't matter because you go right back from where you were. But I have learned that I can't wait for community to come to me. I can't just expect it's going to fall in my lap and all of a sudden right. there's going to be someone who wants to be my best friend and they're just going to show up every day and I don't ever have to show up for them. Mm-hmm. And Um, and that does mean like the intentionality, like you said, Sam, of, Hey, I'm going to text you. I'm going to call, I'm going to make plans and I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm really going to throw a curveball. I'm going to keep those plans. I'm going to (laughs) not, let's just get coffee, but let's actually go together. We are actually going to see each other (laughs) and sit down and And have a conversation because I always feel like, gosh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time. I don't have time, but I do. And I always feel so much better. Mm after it. You make time for what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And wisdom. I know. <laughs> and that community, I mean, it, I felt like even when I got phone yesterday, it felt so good. It just mm-hmm. felt like, gosh, I feel normal. Like I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a yeah. wife. Like, look, I have a person that I can talk to about things that have nothing to do with children or yes. nothing to mm-hmm. do with, you know, I mean, that's just like our small life. group. We've been together for three, four years. 
Um, we're all kind of in the same season of life. Our kids are grown and most of them married, have kids of their own, that kind of thing. But what is so neat about that group is that we can share anything. We can cry together. We can get mad together. There's always somebody there that's going to pick us up. And that's very important for any stage of life to have those people that you can, if you're struggling, just send them a text and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. They don't have to know the details. Mm -hmm. You know they're going to pray. And so it's it's really important, but it takes work. You Mm -hmm. have to be a part of that. You can't just receive it. You have to give as well. And I think going back to what you said about the annual friends that you have, that was something coming out of college I was not aware slash okay with either. I was like, I just invested four years into yes. this friendship and, but now you're in a different season and that's okay. Yeah. And so it was more of like seeing different seasons and finding joy in that instead of realizing like, oh, I lost a friend. Mm-hmm. Like you still had that friendship and. And you don't have to be in the same exactly. season. It is good to have at least one or two people who are right there, like side by side with you. But I was thinking about that, about all the questions of there's no one in the same season as me. We well, don't always have to have that, but it is nice mm-hmm. to have that back. Well, and it's important too. Like for me, I'm older, but I consider you guys my friends mm-hmm. and, and some of the younger girls on staff. And so you just build a relationship with those. But I feel like that's really important because they're going through things that I went through years ago. And I made mistakes and I can say, you might not want to do it that way. <laughs> Which is the whole point of this podcast. Exactly. We have to have yeah. people a little ahead of us who are telling us how to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, I mean, it makes me think of what my, I was trying to think of the freshest no one told me moment that I've had recently. And I was talking to you all right before we pushed record, but I was listening to a podcast months ago. I don't even remember when it was. But um, I was in a new season of life, and I didn't have many people around me who had already had kids. So I was pregnant with Henley. I just had Henley. And I was the first one in my friend group to have a baby. And so I thought, who am I going to, like, who's with me in this? Like, who? (laughs) And the truth was, I had such incredible support, and I had a a couple of great friends who had already had babies who came around me who I literally texted every day, just (laughs) random questions about, is this normal? Should this be happening? Yes. I mean, it was, I was like, tell, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to keep a human being alive. Someone help me. But I was literally texting them the most absurd of questions daily about what, what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening. But I realized now after listening to this podcast, um, those questions were coming from a place of extreme anxiety, which, um, this podcast talked about the difference between postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I had never heard of postpartum anxiety. I'd only heard of depression and I was not depressed. And I knew how very, I was scared of postpartum depression because I knew how real it was. Um, and I knew I was probably prone to it based on some, uh, hormone issues I'd had in the past. So I was hyper aware of that. But, um, this anxiety of something terrible is going to happen. Something absolutely terrible is going to happen. And I remember telling my mom sobbing because I was so sure something awful is going to happen to Henley. And I did not, no one told me that this anxiety would come on. And there's a difference between, I think every new parent has some sense of anxiety. I think every parent lays at night at least once or twice and just stares at the chest of their baby to make sure sure it's going up and down. Yes. I mean, I think that's a sense of it. But I mean, mine was 5 p.m. would roll around and it would, there would be this slow build and I could feel it from my stomach 
up to my chest, all the way up to like a headache of just this paralyzing fear that something terrible was about to happen that night. And I would not from five o'clock until probably six or seven in the morning, I would lay awake and I would just, I would read scripture. I would try to do anything I could to calm myself down and I couldn't do it. And I remember my mom saying, you have never been like this. Like what, what is this? And I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. And I would find one piece of scripture and I would just read it over and over. It's when the Bible app first made it possible for you to make a image out of scripture. Mm -hmm. And so I would make all these pictures um, with scripture because that's what I would be reading. And and I would just flip through them as like Henley's laying asleep next to me. And I'm just staring at her and reading scripture and Ryan's dead asleep, snoring. (laughs) I just want to smack him in the head and tell him you need to be awake too, but really you need to sleep, but also be awake. I don't know how feel about this. Um, but I had never realized that this postpartum anxiety, uh, was a thing. So I went back and looked at that podcast, um, some notes that I had taken from it just because I remember taking about a million, but it said, um, this anxiety lies to us in our most tender moments. And I don't want to give any more of my motherhood to that. Mm. And it was just, I remember rocking Henley and it was supposed to be a sweet time. And all I could think was something awful is going to happen to you like something, I mean, it was, I I sound insane and I was insane. Um, Another quick quote from it was my experience with anxiety since becoming a mom has felt isolating and lonely, but I've realized how startlingly, startlingly common it is among mothers and parents. And the more that I've talked to other moms, the more I've learned that they experienced it too. Like Mm -hmm. just this insane amount of pressure of I'm supposed to be this and I'm not because I'm going to fail or something's going to happen to my baby. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And the true sense of it is none of us know what to do. I mean, um, obviously, Sam, I know you do not have a child yet. not a mother. Yes. (laughs) That is true. Miss Jackie, did you ever experience any of that anxiety or any of that struggle? Yeah, mine was probably tripled because my first child was in intensive care for the first 10 days. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And then when she came home, she was sick all the time. I wouldn't, and I, I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Something bad's going to happen. I was kind of like that, too. But I wasn't depressed. Yeah, I knew I wasn't but depressed. I didn't feel a sadness. There was no such thing as postpartum anxiety back then. Yes. I mean, that was 37 years I ago. I didn't even know there was a such thing now. I mean, I just, I did not know but that they called it But you think about it, a lot of people who say they have postpartum depression, they're not depressed. Mm-hmm. They're anxious. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what to do and they're so afraid something's going to happen to this new little life that they've just brought into mm-hmm. the world. Now, the only thing that really helped me was that I had a very dear friend, a mentor who's 10 years older than me. And I'll never forget, she called me and she said, have you given her back to the Lord? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, you need to give her back to the Lord. She doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. And I sat on the edge of my bed that day and I prayed and told the Lord, she's yours. You do with her what you want to. And if you want to take her, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then I sobbed. But then mm-hmm. the next morning they called and told us we could bring her home from the hospital. Oh, and goodness. so I'm like, you know, I didn't take that lightly. But even after we got home, I was still like, okay, I've got to go make sure she's breathing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and I mean, have that you ever. That was before they had the camera monitors oh, too. They I'm not kidding. You just- <laughs> Henley had, I had to purchase. Oh my gosh, I forgot about this So you just said it. I purchased a monitor for her breathing that you attached to her diaper. It was called um, a halo, I think. I've no, a snoozer. It was a snoozer because <laughs> we called it a snootsie. I don't know why. I don't know why I just shared that. <laughs> But 
<laughs> it goes, it would clip on her diaper and it monitored her stomach going up and down. And if it was not on her, I wouldn't sleep. It was the only way Ryan finally ordered it and got it working. And it would, an alarm would sound if, she if you, if it didn't feel her stomach raise. And I, that is the only way I slept for the person. She wore that till she was two years old. Wow. Um, like Gosh. until she was two <laughs> years old, she was wearing that. And now, but with Hagen, I didn't experience it at all. With Hagen, I was like, oh, three weeks in, you're going to your crib. Like I'm going to sleep now. Isn't I, that like the second child thing? It is. Yeah. Poor, yes. poor second poor children. Are you, yes. You're the first. I'm the first. You? Yes. Yeah. I'm you're blessed. living the good life. That's blessed. all there is to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wish, I just know that, you know, I was going to ask, um, have you ever had to build up to pray a prayer that you know is going to be painful to pray? Mm-hmm. Like the prayer you just said, Miss Jackie, I had to build up to that prayer because I was afraid the minute I prayed it, God would be like, all right, let's see if you mean yeah. it. You know, yeah. like I was so scared to even pray that because I didn't want God to test it out to see if it would happen. But then I remember slowly starting to pray I get to be her mother. I thank you for letting me be her mother. And as I prayed that, I finally got to the point where I could pray, okay, I know that you're going to do whatever you you want to do, whatever's going to bring you the most glory through this. So let me be on in that boat with you. Yeah. But I had to build up to that prayer. And that was the first time I had to, usually I can pray anything, be like, God, you know what? I'm fine. It'll be great. I know it'll be great. But I was afraid <laughs> to pray that because I was like, God, you're going to take her from me if I say it. I didn't want to yeah. say it out loud. Have you all experienced that? Like having to build up to a prayer? Oh, 100%. Yeah, probably early on, mm-hmm. you know, as you as you mature spiritually and get older, things don't tend to, you just say, okay, this is it, let's just do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, as your relationship with Christ grows, you begin to understand you can talk to him about anything. You mm-hmm. can yell and scream at him, he can take it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think that with, like in my position where I was at, I had done everything that I thought, that I needed to do. And when she told me I needed to do that, I just said, okay, I, I don't know what else to do. So that's what I'm going to do. So I guess, you know, it took 10 days in mm-hmm. for me to do that. But, um, and then once I did it, I was okay, but there was still that little, little, you know, in the mm-hmm. back of your neck when yeah. the hair stands up, <laughs> it was almost like that. Well, that's that. what I, I, you know, it's that vulnerable moment of surrender of I've never been more vulnerable than I have when I've had to surrender something that's so important mm-hmm. to me. And I had to do it every day. Like I had heard that phrase like that, like you got to surrender every day, mm-hmm. surrender daily, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I can do it once and I'm fine. But I just kept picturing myself. I would lay it at his feet. And then the next day I would just slowly walk over and pick, pick it, it up. back up, <laughs> carry it away for a yeah. minute, like go in my corner with it yeah. for a second hold on to it. And then it would be like a nudge of Callie, lay that back down. Mm -hmm. Like put that back down because you don't need to be picking it up. But it was, it literally was every day. Yeah. No, for me, like, obviously I don't have children, but as a daughter, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. So the thing that I had to like build up to is my parents weren't saved once I found salvation. And so having that prayer of like, God, if you choose to take my parents Mm -hmm. and they don't know you, that is okay. Yeah. And that was so hard. It oh, took wow, I bet. years, but through prayer and, you know, me surrendering that saying, you know, let your will be done. They did find the Lord yes. and they got baptized, which is one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, but it's so hard when you do have to daily surrender and it's, it's truly just faith. 
-hmm. And it takes... And it's Rost form. I mean, and it's like most basic step one, square one form Mm -hmm. of you're not going to know what's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. You're just going to know that I'm only good. And from there... Yeah, and he's doing 10,000 things behind the scenes, and we might be aware of one or two of them. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is just crazy. Miss Jackie... What did no one tell you? No one told me that living a thankful life would actually change my life. Mm-hmm. You know, about three years ago, we as a staff, and I'm sure you remember, we, we it was cr- during Christmas, mm-hmm. and you know, it's crazy mm-hmm. at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we read the book, The Greatest Gift yeah. by Ann Voskamp, mm-hmm. and it was so good. And then I read 1,000 Gifts. It is so good. Um, and it... it I started back then because she talks about at the end of the day, taking a journal and writing one or two things that you're thankful for. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that. And three years later in this journey, it has changed my whole perspective on how I look at things because you think, okay, you're going to work. You have a flat tire. Great. I'm going to be late. It's Monday. I'm going to miss a meeting. Mm -hmm. I've got to change this tire. You're like, okay, my day's ruined. But for me, I would say, wow, I'm thankful that I'm safe. I'm thankful that I have a car to drive and that I actually have a spare tire that I can put on it. Mm-hmm. The meeting can go on without me, and I'll get to work when I can. Yeah. And you, it just changes everything because some days there might be one thing in my book, and other days there might be 12 things in my book. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. I That's mean, what I was going to ask you is how many things do you find yourself writing? Has it increased It all with depends. Time? It depends on what I've experienced that mm-hmm. day. But I find myself through the day now, I've been doing it so long, oh, I need to write that in my thankful mm-hmm. journal tonight. Yeah. But what it does is I go to bed, and a lot of times when you go to bed, or at least for me, I've got all these things running around in my mind, and it takes me a while to kind of back those off and say, okay, I can't do anything about that tonight, so I, I really need to get some sleep. But when I write in that journal, the last thing before I lay my head down, I don't have any problem sleeping mm-hmm. because I go to bed with a thankful heart mm-hmm. and I wake up with a thankful heart. And it's just really changed my perspective. I mean, all it would cost you is to go to the dollar store and get you one of them little <laughs> That's wireless. what I was going to ask yeah. you. Did you just go get a notebook? and? I just, I have journals because I'd have prayer journals because mm-hmm. I, I write my little you know, I do that. Not as often as I do my thankful journal. Yeah. But um, there have been seasons, hard seasons in my life where I've written down things and, and then to go back and look at them and see how God's answered them. And, and basically being thankful is, I mean, it's life changing mm-hmm. because no matter what happens, there is always something to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Always. And it changes your whole perspective for it the day. It does. It changes your whole perspective on, you know, you don't, I guess I find myself not letting my circumstances control me because I'm looking for what to be thankful for, mm-hmm. even in the midst of a hard, hard situation. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, I, I encourage people to do that because it is just, when you, when you get ready to go to bed at night and you think about all that God has done for you and provided for you, it's it's amazing what when you start writing it down, you're like, wow, I have so much to be thankful mm-hmm. for. Even if you're in a in a dark place and you're, you know, I mean, you I've written in my thankful journal with tears streaming mm-hmm. down my face because my heart's broken, 
but I still have something to be thankful yeah. for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'd known this a long time ago, no, there's no telling. <laughs> I, Jennifer would have to burn my thankful journals when I die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Miss Jackie, you mentioned your uh, prayer journals, and I know for me, the one thing that I know is so true about you is that you are a woman that just bathes everything in prayer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't even say it flippantly when you say, I'm going to pray for you or I'm praying for you. Like, when you say it, it's like, I feel the power of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder... For those of us who are trying to develop that habit in our lives, and I am, I was having a conversation with someone today where I said, I've always viewed prayer as um, a, this is my time to talk to God, um, but not talk with him. Like, I, I didn't change that word out soon enough. And I'm just learning that this is my time to talk with him because it was, it has been a very one-sided conversation. I never waited to hear anything back. I just was like, hey. Here it is. Here's what I'm thankful for. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what, you know, and I just laid it out. Here's what I need forgiveness for. And then I just move about my day. Um, But as I'm trying to develop that habit, and I know so many other people are too, especially, you know, in your season, getting out of college, getting your feet under you Mm -hmm. in the adult world and college even, I wish I had developed that habit. But I write my prayers a lot. um, But I don't always have time to do it. How did you develop the prayer life that you have now? Well, I think that First of all, we don't realize prayer is our greatest weapon and our greatest defense, and we don't utilize it like we need to. And so several years ago when the War Room movie came out, and I went and saw it, and it really changed my perspective on how to pray. I went home and set up in our master bathroom. I had a little makeup desk in there, but I don't wear makeup, so I just used it for other stuff. (laughs) So things just sit on it. Yeah. (laughs) And I developed my own little prayer and I use those little two inch sticky notes, post-it notes, mm-hmm. and I'd write down what I was praying for and the date. And then I got to go back and write answered and the mm-hmm. date. And so I started moving them from my little prayer table over to a piece of paper I had taped on the wall. And it was such an encouragement to me because we pray a lot of times, but we forget to go back and thank God that he answered that yeah, prayer for mm-hmm, us. For sure. And so as that begin to grow in my life, then I started thinking, you know, I could write some of this stuff down in a journal. And so it just became such a big part of my life. And then the, along with the thankful journal, it's just, it's just all morphed into, you know, I just really, I feel like it's so important to pray about things. And I could sit here from now until Jesus comes telling you about the things in my life that God has answered Mm -hmm. just in the past few weeks. Mm And it's such an encouragement to me. And when somebody asks you to pray for them, you need to pray for them. Mm-hmm. We prayed for something in small group last night, and I got a text this morning at 10 o'clock. God had already answered that mm-hmm. prayer. So I text my small group, <laughs> and I said, thank you for praying. This happened. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. and it's such an encouragement. And it keeps your eyes focused on what you need to be focused on mm-hmm. instead of, all this stuff that's going off around you that doesn't matter, it keeps your eyes focused on the Lord, and you want to talk to Him about everything, mm. everything. I mean, we have some really hard conversations, yeah. <laughs> but 
he can take it and it makes me feel better. And then I'm not jeopardizing a relationship with my husband or one of my children because I'm, I'm fussing or complaining about something that I have no control over. Mm -hmm. I get in the car, I talk to the Lord about it and then I'm okay. I'll just go on about my day and you know, so, I mean, you have to be intentional about it. Number one, but number two, I would really encourage you to, to start with the thankful journal because that is, a prayer of thanksgiving each and every day to the Lord. And then from there, I think it will grow um, because you're finding that these conversations are really important, some of the most important you have. You know, and I, I love how you said the intentionality because I don't, I'm just learning to pray knowing that he can act, not mm -hmm. knowing that he always will in the way that I want him to yeah. or think he should. But I forget that, the power of what can happen when I do pray of what. And so for you, Miss Jackie, I know that you write them down and even Sam, you might have some stories. I can think of some specific stories where I've prayed over even the smallest. I remember reading um, a piece that this is going to sound silly, but it's so true. <laughs> I, I'm going to be embarrassed even sharing this. Um, I was reading something in my quiet time and it was talking about that. Um, it was first Peter five, seven. And it said, cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. And so I thought, um, okay, all your cares. And I had extreme, this is so silly. I had extreme anxiety about Henley in the car. And I, anytime I put her in the car, she could feel me. She could feel my anxiety. And she would scream her head off in the car. Like I didn't go, I'd say her first year of life, we, I didn't go more than like five miles away from my house. <laughs> Because I was just extremely anxious. And one day I thought after she had just had her first birthday, I thought, okay, all your cares. This is one of my biggest cares right now. It's what I think about as soon as I walk out of this house with her. And I got in the car and started crying. And I literally quoted scripture back to God. And I said, God, you said for me to cast all my cares. And this is my biggest care right now. Her screaming, I said, I can't handle it. Like I'm so, it's scaring me. It's making me anxious. We're going in this cycle. And I mean, I just was laying it out like this. This stinks. I don't enjoy this. I feel awful. I, it makes it worse for every, like everything feels worse. No, no, no. Like laying everything. It was very dramatic, I would imagine. Because <laughs> um, I can't remember exactly what I said. I just know it was probably very dramatic. But then I said again, but you said if I cast it on you and because you love me and care about me, I know you'll do something about it. And I kid you not, I finished that prayer. And I promise you this, Henley stopped crying in that car. Like, Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. It was one of those amazing moments where God was like, see, I told you to do this and you did it in the power of me. Like you did it knowing I would act and you called on me and you specifically asked what asked me and you did it with my power. And so I answered it. And every time I've prayed in his power, not in my belief or right. my lack of faith sometimes, but knowing his power, he's always responded to me. And like I said, it's not always in the way that I think he's going to, but I can see it. I can mm -hmm. see him. Well, you know, when it talks about scripture, how we, we die daily to self, you have to set yourself aside when you, when you pray and talk to the Lord. Yes, you can tell him, this is what I desire, mm -hmm. but if this is not your will... Mm -hmm. I accept that. It's okay. And a lot of times, like, I remember we were praying for a guy in our small group that he was he was very ill, and we were praying that God would heal him. Mm -hmm. And he passed away. And some of them had a hard time with that. And I said, he answered our prayer. He's healed. Mm -hmm. He just mm -hmm. didn't heal him here. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do. You have to look at 
everything. You have to look at the little stuff that God's doing because sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just like a screaming child, some people think, well, that's silly. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not silly to you, mm-hmm. and it wasn't silly to her. Mm-hmm. So you have to really look at those things and then write them in your thankful journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the journal. No, I'm big on journaling, too, um, just because I got a lot of thoughts. got a lot of thoughts <laughs> in my head, and I got a lot put of thoughts them all up there. down. Um, but that— by journaling in prayers or in thankfulness, I've just seen that it changes my perspective of God of sometimes this is something that I did. And I feel like most people have this too at some point, but sometimes when you're praying, it's kind of negative. Like you're praying for all Mm -hmm. things that are like really hard and it kind of makes you say like, why God, like these things are happening. Why, why, why? But when you journal them and you look back, you see his power and you see his goodness even through the hard times. And that has helped me. One of my favorite things to do is to read back on my journals. Mm -hmm. I try to do it like once a year, but it takes like hours. And I always end up in tears because I'm like, oh my gosh, look where I was like a year ago. (laughs) But it, it just always shifts my perspective of like whatever perspective I went in looking back it's always pointed back to his goodness mm-hmm. and his power and his sovereignty, um, which is just a great reminder constantly. And I can say that every time I've wanted an answer from him, he has not like, I have never verbally heard him speak. Like I've no. never like heard a, a great powerful voice. The heavens have never opened and he like, Yes. Like <laughs> that has never happened. But I will tell you every time I've wanted an answer, every single time, I have wanted an answer. I have found it in his word every single time. Like I have never come back empty handed when I have specifically prayed over something read in scripture, not read like I love devotionals. I love the Bible. But when I, when I get into his word and just read it willy nilly, like I just, you know, I just read through chapters. He has never, ever not revealed something to me Mm -hmm. in those times. And that's the biggest thing I say. That's why daily quiet time is so important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes or 50 minutes or two hours. You have to spend time in his word every single day. It it changes changes you. you. Mm -hmm. And it changes it changes the way you look at him and the way you perceive him and the way that you, it helps build your relationship mm-hmm. with him, which is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. We wrap up. <laughs> that was, listen, that was, I feel like I couldn't add anything to that. Know, like just, I, this, yes. that's our takeaway. Get you I a grateful yes. journal and a Bible. And if you need one, you message me and I will get you one. <laughs> um, we end every episode with one question. And that is, what are you so happy someone did tell you about? What's something you love doing right now, using, watching, reading, seeing, any of the above? What is something you're super into right now, Sam? Oh, me? Cool. <laughs> did you think you were getting out of this question? Why are no, you surprised? You were just like looking over you there. You literally have then... a microphone in your hand. I don't understand the confusion. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I didn't think I was going first. Um, no, I've been thinking about this question. You knew when, it was coming. Yeah, whenever you asked, I was just like, I was like, that it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and I thought and thought and thought because there's so many things that people have told mm-hmm. me and that I've learned from this podcast. Like I could go down the list every episode. I'm like, write wow, that down. I want to use it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. no one did tell me that. <laughs> um, but I think this is very dumb, but I was at Babalu last night Gosh. and no yes, one ma'am. told me or not. No one told me. 
Sorry. But I'm (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Got my questions mixed up. (laughs) Sorry. But I was so glad that uh, people told me about the table side guac because I was like going in there and I was just like, you know, everyone told me about this, but it's so expensive. Like, I just don't really think I'm going to do it, but we did. And wow, like incredible. Get all the bacon and all the sun-dried tomatoes. Sun-dried tomatoes and your guacamole make it. It's so good. They are the best thing in a guacamole. Incredible. It, uh, I so, love yes. that stuff. Shout out to my small group because I didn't like guacamole until Babalu, and now I'm like, give it to me. And they make it right next to you. The thing, here's what I don't know what to do. This is going to be the hairdresser conversation all over again. What are you talking to them about while they're making your guacamole? So, because they're just hanging out there. We had this conversation of like, do you have to talk to your person making guacamole? I, like you or do. Not? I said you either commit to the awkward silence or. <laughs> You like make a boomerang and you then that takes commit. up like you're busy on your phone. I just yeah. like every time I've been there, I'm like, so, um, you've been doing this long. Someone uh, asked yeah. that they were like, so do you enjoy your job? And he was like, I make guacamole all day. <laughs> and it's like, well, so the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> but I also ran into this yet again at the, at the Publix where they are. It, I've said it a million times, probably at least a million times on this podcast alone. It really is a pleasure to shop there. But the thing is, what's not a pleasure is when you get to the end of, of the line and they've checked you out and they've been taught to be just like chatty. And like, how's your day? What are you doing this weekend? How old are your kids? What are their names? And I'm like, (laughs) I have two toddlers, a one-legged husband with his foot up on a scooter, and I'm trying to get out of this grocery store right now. To self-checkout. That's all you do. But when you're doing a full week's worth of grocery shopping, you you don't want to do the same. People do that. I always do self-checkout because people don't bag my groceries like I want them bagged. I do. I put my things up in order. I'm like, hey, are you paying for that? Well, no. And I said, then you need to be a little more careful. (laughs) (laughs) I literally will put my things up in the order. Like all the hard stuff goes first. Like the stuff that doesn't matter is sitting on top of it. Because then it goes. Exactly. Because then it goes in the buggy first and you pile everything up and Ryan was so proud of me for that that literally was the one thing (laughs) that I figured out before him and he was so proud of me I'm the person that like forgets to get a shopping bag or mean or you don't think you need it I don't think you're like I'm just getting it oh my gosh it is so embarrassing the story of my life my Kroger (laughs) they're just like oh you're back story of my life but that's just my thing like I just I'm not great I can sit and talk to a wall for a long time but small talk like makes me want to crawl under a table forced questions I I can't handle I was on a customer service call today with a hotel and I like had a situation I needed to get figured out (laughs) and this guy was like who am I speaking to and I was like Sam and he was like how was your day oh no and I was like I don't I don't. No. Have I don't. I don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. Yes. So let's just not do let's it. Like here's a thought. You say, I'm hey, do survey. you know Jesus? Oh, oh Miss Jackie, <laughs> you are you're. you're uh, see, this is where I feel a little guilty because I probably should take I the should conversation have. there. That was an opportunity <laughs> I missed. <laughs> Way to go, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> I will call them tomorrow. Miss Jackie, what are you so happy someone's told you about? Small group. I was not a fan of small group and some girls talked me into being in one and it is 
uh, the best thing that I've done in years, honestly. We have the best small group. Shout out to my small group. But we meet as couples. Mm-hmm. And so whoever's house it's at, that person's responsible for dinner. Oh, we all eat together. And then we divide up, and the men meet together and the women meet together. And it's just so really. Sweet. What do you make when they come over there, Miss Jackie? You're the best. Usually cook. lasagna or spaghetti because mm-hmm. some of the guys really like that. Yeah. And so, and salad. You're the, uh, Miss Jackie's the best cook slash baker <laughs> slash everything you will ever meet. I love meet. to cook. Oh my gosh. Mm. It is just absolutely amazing. But anyway, that would be, um, you know, if if you're listening and you're not in a small group, find one. It's worth your time. Also it really that, is. a great first step to that community. To yes. Finding, oh, yeah. finding absolutely. Because they're mm-hmm. finding your are, perennials. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I would say we, I just joined a small group of ladies who are all out of college. And so we're all like, what's going on? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> So it's great. What's next? Struggle together. You know? So I have just, um, per our skincare podcast, which is a few episodes back, I got into tinted moisturizer. I never even knew tinted, tinted moisturizer was a thing. I used moisturizer. And I just finished up my um, first aid beauty one that I found at Marshall's at a discount. Marshall's so and um, TJ Maxx Max are some of the best places to find great skincare stuff. But check expiration dates. But some of the and best you, places. And you dig. Yes, you do. Oh my gosh, you have to dig. But, to commit to about fifteen minutes. Yes, at least, at least of like on your knees, yeah. pushing things out of the way to find the good stuff because it's usually in the back where someone is hitting it to come back for it later. But you are done because I found it. And I'm buying it. <laughs> but um, with summer coming, I'm going to upgrade because I just finished off one. Someone told me about Cots Tinted Sunblock. So C O T Z Tinted Sunblock that it can act as a foundation with like sheer coverage and all of that, but it's your sunblock and your um, cover up at the same time. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Tinted moisturizer was the only thing my mom would let me wear in middle school. Really tinted? Why tinted? I don't know. And also, did you know baby powder gets sand off of you? No. What? Oh, (laughs) let me tell you something. No one told me. I'm not kidding. Last summer, right before going to the beach, Someone said that to me. Use baby powder to get all the sand off before you go back into your condo. So if you take kids to the beach or, I mean, as adults even, we always, I put sunblock in the back, or not sunblock, baby powder in the back. Before anyone would step foot back into our condo, we I would rub everybody down with baby powder and it removes the sand off of your skin completely. Wow. Brushes Incredible. it right off. It is. Wow. It, so you're not sleeping on grains when you go to bed at night, which oh it's all my part gosh. of the experience. Honestly. It really is. I Did mean, you go to the beach if you didn't bring no. the sand back? Ryan with always says he hates the beach because he hates the three S's: sun, sand, and sea. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yes. <laughs> fun vacation. It makes it real fun to go when we head over to the beach. But, um, ladies, you're wonderful. Summer is coming. We're going to take a nice little break, and then I'm sure so you all will be tan. A fun fact about Sam, she is actually um, behind the No One Told Me Instagram page. She is the one who talked me into doing it and helped me build out the content for it. So if you're not following the No One Told Me podcast page on Instagram, I had to be clear that it's not on Facebook, it's on Instagram. (laughs) You need to go follow because we will be sharing content over the summer since we won't actually have episodes. Um, And you won't miss the first episode of the new semester. I know, because listen, I could tell you the date it's going to start back, but let me just tell you a little secret. 
I don't have any idea. I haven't thought that far ahead. It's just a surprise. All right? you just, know, no you one just, told me when it's coming back, but it is. But just know that it is. So stand by, stick with us through the summer, and we will see everyone back here in August. Okay, wait, before you go, there's a couple things I need you to know about. First, jump on Instagram and follow us at NOTM Podcast. We'd love for you to like and share a lot of the stuff that we talk about every single week. And it keeps you up to date on everything else going on around the podcast. So meet us there, talk with us, tell us some of the things you want to hear about. We want to know. And then you can jump on over to iTunes and leave us a review because those are some of my favorite things. I'll see you next week.